Hello, everybody. Thanks for jumping into another episode of the Access Potential podcast. Hope you're doing really well. You're here with John Marsh. And today on the episode, I've got a really cool guest. Her name is Amy Tafai. Amy was originally from New Zealand. She now lives in Melbourne, Victoria, over here in Australia. And uh, Amy has a background in mathematics and statistics. So when she was 23 or so, she created her first kind of entrepreneurial endeavor, which was a software platform. It's called the Alter Project. And the Alter Project is a platform that allows uh, gym owners, CrossFit box owners or affiliate owners, uh, trainers, coaches to really optimize how they do their programming for their members or the people that they serve. So how they schedule the workouts and program the workouts. So it's a really cool company that she's grown. Um, and since then, Amy's also created and grown the CrossFit Project Bayside, which is a, a thriving CrossFit box or CrossFit affiliate gym in Melbourne uh, with a with a thriving community. And it was a really cool conversation. Uh, I think from a selfish perspective, uh, I, I guess I resonated a lot with Amy's story. Myself having come out of engineering and going into small business, it was really cool to see uh, what Amy's created coming out of sort of the mathematics or statistics side and then moving into her passion as well. So we talk a lot about those early days of creating the Alter Project and how she saw a need in the market, went about the early process of not just creating the, the product or the platform, but then how she went about the sales. Um, we dive deep into the sort of mindset that she had in that period. And then we talk a lot about uh, Amy's resilience and work ethic. So as soon as you come across her work and the projects she's involved in, you'll pick this up straight away that Amy's got a really uh, high level of energy and bias for action and work ethic and commitment uh, to whatever it is that she's doing coupled with this really cool support and love and care for the members and the people that she serves and the users of the Alter project as well and so it's a super powerful mix um, and we dive right into that so there's a, a ton of value in here for anyone who's looking to kind of dive into their own small business you'll get some really cool insights uh, um, specifically around the mindset side of things or how Amy thinks about this stuff and kind of a little bit of what's, I'm not going to say what's required, but sort of a, a mindset that's quite powerful uh, in small business. And then also, if you're a little bit further down the line, um, you, you'll still get a bunch of takeaways because the energy that she brings in and how this um, crosses into the culture of her business uh, and into the members, into the retention and into the whole user experience is really cool as well. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's get stuck in. This is John Marsh and you're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. You know, it's really awesome to see not just like the the diversity in what you're doing like so from mm -hmm. the software through to the gym 
Um, but also just watching, going back and watching what's happened through the year and sort of the tenacity that kind of comes through a lot of your work. So really appreciate the time and thanks for, you know, carving out the space for us. Oh, thanks for having me here. So I'd love to, I'd really love to dive into a little bit of backstory. It, it kind of gives us a bit of resonance and gets us up to speed on um, sort of how we find ourselves in this place and you know, we were talking a little bit about New Zealand, maybe just start wherever comes up for you. Like what, what led you to, to be over here in Melbourne and, and what's a little bit of the backstory for you? Yeah. So, um, I guess I'll start with my, you know, what I did, um, through, uh, university. So my background's in statistics, um, and I was working at, as a statistical analyst at high performance sport, New Zealand. Um, and essentially, you know, I had, I had my dream job. I was working in sports, which was my passion, um, doing what I loved, which was, you know, maths. Um, but I just hated the idea of working for someone else for the rest of my life. I've always been that type of person. I've always, I've always thought about that and always knew that I was going to build a business one day. Um, so I think from the moment that I had my first graduate job, I just, I knew well, I was searching for something else. Um, so I've, I tried to build um, a number of other businesses just you know doing google tutorials on how to build an app and, <laughs> and all that type of stuff some pretty terrible ideas upon reflection but it led me to to start alter um so alter is a programming software which uses uh, logics and analytics to essentially automate programming for crossfit gym owners and coaches so i i built that when i was working full time um and i'd also qualified for the crossfit games so I was working full time, training two, three hours a day, um, and then also trying to build an app on the side. I, I kind of look back at that now and I, I wonder how I even did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where I guess I my whole journey into business started. Um, and after I competed at the CrossFit Games, I decided to take the leap and work on Ulta full time. Um, that also meant moving countries. I just I'd always wanted to live somewhere else, somewhere you know, a bit bigger, more opportunities. And I love New Zealand, you know, I absolutely love it. But I just thought in order to grow, alter, go into that, you know, Australian market, um, the majority of my clients were from the States or from overseas. Um, ironically, I didn't have many New Zealand clients. They were, yeah, all overseas. So moved to Melbourne and then kind of out of necessity with having, you know, with having Alter, decided to open up a gym just so we had our own space. I could host seminars um, and so that I could really be my own client. I think that was probably the biggest reason why I initially started um, Bayside, which is the CrossFit gym, um, so that I could truly know well, what does my client need? You know, how do they program? What's the the pain points that they have? Because, you know, I truly believe that that's, that's when you'll make a good product, when you use your product, obviously. Um, so yeah. yeah, and then built Bayside. <laughs> yeah, cool. I definitely want to talk about Bayside. Can we go back just a little bit to, there's a couple of things that jumped out at me. One was when you first came up with the idea of Alter and you were working in statistics, you had a full-time job, you're training. What was it that you heard? Like, how did you start to see the need for um, like what sort of kicked you into gear of thinking like, Hey, there's a need in the market for this. And it's, it's, you know, there's a few people out there and this is something that I'm like sort of picking up from the culture. Like, what was this? Were you having conversations Were people sort of complaining about the programming? Like 
what sort of tipped you into going, okay, yeah, I need to, I need to build something here. Yeah. So it actually initially started as an athlete tool. Um, and so the way that I was viewing it at the time, you know, we had a bunch of people we were training with and we would follow one program, then we'd do something else and then we'd you know, follow the training plan and then comp train and then mayhem. And the thing behind it, the way that I saw it was there's no program that's kind of catered to you that has, let's say you've got a weakness or let's say you've got an injury. So I created this dashboard that essentially you'd, you'd plug in, you know, let's say um, overhead movements was a weakness, ring muscle ups was a weakness, but at the same time you had a calf injury and just using basic algorithms, it would enable, you know, a program to eliminate certain movements and then put more bias on other movements. That's essentially how it started was just my own, you know, a, a kind of my own thing that I wanted. Um, but as, as that grew and as all products grow, um, you know, they adapt and, and you change. And I realized that for athletes, it was too hard. People would need to have their own programming knowledge in order to properly program using a tool like this. Um, and then that's kind of when it more went into coaches. Um, ironically, I actually had Tia using, or Shane's coach, using it at one stage. And he, this is when I was so laser focused on being um, just for athletes. And he was like, this would be a great tool for coaches. But, you know, can you amend this, this and this? And I was just like, no, it's got to be for athletes. I've got to stick with my, you know, my business model and, mm -hmm. and um, probably would have been a good idea to go down that path at that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in hindsight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then went into coaches and then eventually that went into um, affiliate owners. Yeah. And so you're, when you talk about coaches, obviously, you know, for people listening, some of them will be familiar with, with affiliates and the whole concept, but like, is your customer segment or your niche narrowed down specifically to like CrossFit box affiliate owners just to make it super clear? Or is it, are you still seeing like at this stage a diversity of different types of trainers and coaches and different sorts of gyms or is it fairly narrow? It's, it's pretty targeted towards CrossFit, yeah. um, CrossFit gym owners or functional fitness. You know, I mean, that's another thing. People who maybe don't have so much of the CrossFit, that they're not affiliated. Um, they don't know about all of the fundamentals, but they're following a functional fitness style training in their gym. Um, they'd be a, a, a normal client as well. Um, and then also coaches who do remote programming is a big one. Yeah. yeah. So this may or may not be accurate, but I went back and had a little bit of a look through the Ulta, like Instagram and stuff like that. Mm. Not like at a, you know, super deep level, but um, I was just interested in like how, how the sort of life cycle kicked off and how you formed. And it looks like there was a web-based app for a while. And then at some stage it was like a public launch and then there's like the mobile app or there's a, a, a desktop app or something as well. Could you talk us through, like, um, I'm really interested how you went, you sort of, I guess, almost internally in your mind, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to build this myself. This is what it looks like to start, like kind of the bare bones. And then you saw a certain amount of like um, positive feedback from the coaches. How did it develop into something more serious where you sort of doubled down on it? What were you seeing um, from the market and, and what were you looking at? Was it number of users? Was it like feedback? Like how are you sort of thinking in that time? Because I think it's a super cool journey to sort of learn, you know, learn more about what you saw and, and how you went. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite funny when um 
when I was like prepping for this, I looked back at some of my old Excel spreadsheets that I had of my first prototype. Wow. And it's, it is really funny to look back and just be like, wow, that's, that was what was in my brain. And then I've actually turned it into this product, you know, a fully functioning product. Um, so originally I, my, you know, I love Excel. It's my favorite thing. So that's literally what I did for my first prototype. I created, I was so worried that someone would steal my idea that I changed everything to be based on a nutrition format. So it was like fats would be conditioning and protein would be um, gymnastics. So it looked like it was a nutritional kind of uh, tool because I was just so worried someone would steal my idea. So I originally started with that, um, created a, a working prototype using VBA um, with all of the logic and how it works. Um, and then had my initial release, which was like a beta, a beta release. And it, it's quite funny, you know, how, how people really did want this tool because there was so many bugs, so many problems with it. You know, sometimes you would drag and drop different icons, you'd press create and it would come up with error, error, error everywhere <laughs> and you'd have to redo it again. Um, but people were okay with that because it was, it's never been, you know, never been done before. It was completely new to the market that people were just excited to kind of go along on this journey with me, um, which has been really cool. I still have a lot of those early day clients who are still using it now and they've been there the whole way through. Mm. Um, so that was the first launch was a desktop tool. There was no, you just could print your program to PDF and that's how you would disperse it to your clients. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so just a first uh, desktop tool. And then the second launch um, completely upgraded the tool and it was like mobile responsive. So you could be programming on your phone. It was a whole new way to create programming so that there was never any errors. Um, it was just a way more sophisticated version of the tool. And did you um, and do that second build yourself as well? Or were you starting to get people to help out with that? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. So I, I had a developer. Um, then the next build, I hired another one. Um, each build that I've had, you know, I've had new people come on board, which has been really awesome. Um, you know, new new specialties that people have. Um, so yeah, the second one, I had a, a new developer. And then the third release, which is the most current one, I actually had someone from Melbourne, which was awesome because previously they'd all been, um, you know, overseas. So I had someone from Melbourne and it was great to just be able to have brainstorming meetings with them in person and just really, um, you know, get the best out of it. And it was nice to be able to, um, so I bootstrapped, I have bootstrapped Alter myself. That's why I worked full time. I haven't taken any outside investment. Um, that was really important to me because I just always wanted to, you know, to be working. I didn't mm -hmm. want to just rely on other people and, and someone else's money and, you know, slack off. Um, yeah. If it's just me, it's my own, you know, it's me, it's my own money on the line. Um, so the, yeah. So then the third release we did, that's where I had the mobile app, which was really on demand it was a, it still is a web-based mobile app but it works exactly the same as an app um, and then that's a way for coaches to deliver their programming um, automatically so you have one place that you program and then all of your clients have the app and they get it weekly or daily okay cool so you're almost so you're building a two-sided platform basically like the coach's side and then you're building the 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 client or the member customer side as well yeah 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 that's it very cool um when you, I, I, I'll kind of last little question on this bit because yeah. I really love, I, I kind of love this bit. So when you were seeing the first few early adopters with this new platform, like it must've been super exciting, right? Like, you know, five, 10 people were like, yeah, I'll give it a try. 
and I'm not sure how you were structuring that, like if there were beta testers or they were paying at this point or what that looked like. But um, when you move from those early adopters into like the next little wave, or maybe they were telling people, what did that look like? Like, was that a case of you? Um, how, how active in that um, early sort of spread were you, uh, like in terms of direct outreach, direct sales? Or was it something that was starting to just spread laterally because of the demand for it? Like, how did that sort of look? Uh, it's, yeah, it's basically always been me behind the customer yeah. service, the demo calls, everything. Um, so those initial people, I had just found CrossFit Gyms on Instagram and literally just reached out. Like everything was just me, no no bots or anything, um, just reaching out to people and just not being scared to, to be like, hey, come try my tool, see if you like it. Um, I would have Skype demo calls with every single early person for like those mm. first two, um, two releases. And, you know, those would be four in the morning or there'd be 11 o'clock at night. It, it ranged all throughout the night because most of them were overseas. Um, so yes, I was very involved and I loved hearing feedback and, um, and really just understanding what the pain points were, what wasn't working and, you know, what is working. So yeah. I think that you have to be for your product. You yeah. know, it, um, it's really important. And were you seeing, um, were you seeing, like, did that kind of outreach or direct sales continue or did you also alongside that start to see um, like people talking a little bit more about it? Like I noticed obviously on the website, like you might showcase some of the key gyms who are using it, like some more social proof. So was it starting to get a little bit of spread to help you in that sales process? Or is it mostly that you found it's relied on you being sort of active or direct in sales? Yeah, so it originally was once we got to that third, like the latest release, um, that's when, you know, Jacob Hepner started using it and put up a video and then that's when Kara yeah. started using it. And um, so a lot more of those bigger names used it and, and you know, and it and instead of having the demo calls, we'd have like a video that's, uh, we're like these automated videos that go out so we can really tackle people at once. So I'd say that it's become a lot more organic, organic over the last wee while which mm. is good. And, and I, you know, that's what it should be. It should eventually get to a stage where I'm not having to reach out to people. Um, and I think building up that brand was a really, really important thing that I didn't initially, I guess, even think about, but the people know what the brand is now. They, mm. they trust it. And we've got some really good people who have um, solidified that it's a good, it's a good brand. So it's, it's, it's a pretty easy sell. I think yeah. when people now, think about um you know a software programming software to use yeah. especially in australia yeah yeah so just to recap it and really simplify it because i'll try to do an introduction to this podcast mm -hmm. after the fact but basically we've got at this at this point you've got a um you've got a mobile basically effectively a mobile app that allows like big and small gyms coaches to do maybe just uh, like recap what you what you get from Alter, like mm -hmm. what you've created at this point mm -hmm. um and then uh also a little bit of like what that might be how that differs um some of the people listening will be familiar like with what if i and um these okay. other types of platforms and maybe just kind of wrap a bow on like where it sits now who the user is and kind of like a little bit of the niche and edge that you've got with it 
Yeah, yeah. So Ulta is a programming platform um, for gym owners and coaches to essentially have one place where they program um, and it automatically delivers it to their clients um, within a mobile app. The point of difference with Ulta is that we really focus on the programming side. Um, so through algorithms and logic, we have thousands of workouts in the back end um, that is at your fingertips. Like you could literally sit there and drag and drop a warm up boom it's automatically created for you drag and drop a, a, a back squat a strength piece and it's created for you uh, you can click on it refresh delete edit modify search through our, our database create your own custom workouts everything is there in this one one shop kind of place um, and we're trusted through people such as you know Kara Saunders um, Jacob Hepner used us for quite a while with his Midwest uh, made program and it, it really just simplifies programming and just gives you a one one-stop place for everything yeah, cool very cool and um to get to this third iteration i saw there were like some posts and stuff around 2016 ish are we talking like is it like a three to four year sort of journey to get to this point is that what it is that sort of the the scope of it uh yes i think it, w- it must have been 20 2018 2018 that we launched the the yeah, I launched the third one. Yeah, so yeah. I think it took about a year to build that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah to awesome. build it from the second to the third. Yeah. Um, so talk to us a little bit about the gym and and CrossFit Bayside project and how that's all going. What sort of like, you know, made you pull the trigger on that? And and maybe we'll end up, I guess, talking a little bit about this year. But yeah, super interested in the early days of that one as well. Yeah. So. It's it's quite ironic because it's the business I didn't think I ever wanted <laughs> and it has turned out to be the business that I just, I can't imagine not having now. It's, um, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. So Bayside kind of started, you know, I had Ulta um, and I needed a place to host seminars and to just showcase my product um, to have it, you know, it's quite hard. You can't be at another gym trying to push your product um, everywhere. So, yeah, so I essentially built uh, built Bayside. It was meant to be done in six weeks, I think it was, and we did it in nine days. I've got a YouTube video um, showcasing that, which is a pretty cool video showing the before and after. You know, it was an old newspaper warehouse pamphlet factory, and it was disgusting. <laughs> it was absolutely disgusting, but um, but completely transformed it. And, yeah, and, and we, well, I built it, to I think we were profitable in that first year it had been a year great everything's going well finally you know the finances are great and then COVID came Mm. and then we had to shut down I wrote yeah so the same month that we were profitable um COVID came but it's just yeah it's an amazing business it's very different from technology you know technology can be quite um you know, you're by yourself, you're talking to people on the other side of the world, you don't get to see your developers in person, it could be quite lonely, there's not many people to celebrate the successes with, and, you know, a CrossFit gym, you are always celebrating successes, mm. you're always with people, you, and COVID really, really showed that to me, the community community we have here is just unmatched, it's, mm. it's crazy, um, so it is really, there's quite a, a diversity between the two, um, the two businesses but I think that that's it's it makes me appreciate both of them in different ways now yeah yeah when you um when you 
when COVID did come and the the everything sort of shut down, I think it was on like a Sunday night or something up here, the Monday, everything like it was very quick. What was what was that like for you? What was your next movements over the next couple of weeks? And then what did it sort of lead you into over the next kind of what seven to nine months down there, was it? Yeah, yeah, about seven months. Um, so when it initially happened, um, I had the most fantastic staff who just were there, you know, when I needed. Um, so essentially within, you know, 24 hours, we had, I had everything sorted and we had different, different levels of um, membership options. All of the equipment was given out to all of our members um, and we completely went online. So Zoom classes, um, you know, like most gyms, most gyms did, people had dumbbell and, and we tried to, to allow them to still be able to work out mm-hmm. at home. Um, the first one was, I didn't, I don't think people thought it would be as long, you know, mm-hmm. and then a month goes into two months and people were just kind of hanging on and you over that time you get people dropping off and Mm. yeah I mean the the first one we did what every other gym did I think it was the next couple of lockdowns which is what really transformed us uh, so really showed the difference between us and some other gyms um, around Melbourne and really put us out in front what did that look like What 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 were the differences you think so we reopened for two weeks in that yeah. uh, June or, or whenever it was. Yeah. Um, and even in those two weeks, we were like, we got a lot of, we sold out in our on-ramp. You know, we'd had a whole bunch of new people come over. We were like, okay, it'll be okay. We'll get back to pre-COVID numbers. Then we had to shut down again. Um, so the next time I was a lot more prepared. And this time we had like different tiers of membership options. Um, but I think the main thing for me is that I just wanted to make sure that everybody still had, you know, access to programming, access to, to Zoom classes, whether they were financial or not. That didn't really matter. It was more just get people, um, you know, their mental health, get people just moving or just get people feeling like they're a part of something. Um, mm. That second lockdown was pretty rough. You know, the first one, everyone's baking banana breads and we're having trivia nights and it's a, it's a novelty and, you know, it's all kind of fine um and then the second one hit and it was that's when things you know I'm sure you're aware started getting really really tough in Melbourne Mm. um and we did like a or I did a free six-week nutrition challenge just to try and keep people you know to to have a purpose Mm -hmm. but then again we only thought it was meant to be six weeks and then that that went out to what three months another three Mm. months so yeah that was the first thing was creating those different options and we had a lot of people you know who'd lost their jobs but that, that didn't matter they can they could still have access to the programming and the zoom classes and, and um just keeping that faith with them yeah. uh, and then the next thing that we had so we went anytime that there was new restrictions or new you know when we were given something so for example we had outdoor training um that we were allowed to have and we could have pts so you could have two two-on-one pt sessions so i know a lot of gyms were we're charging for that and that's fair enough you know every gym's different and you know some gyms didn't have the financial backing that our members gave us um but what i did was i completely redid the backyard so we had basically it was just where my dog went toilet <laughs> it was just this really crap backyard and so um we spent a whole weekend ripping everything out concreting it 
painting um, the fences, put up handstand push and push up walls, whiteboards, put up two rigs on either side and made it this beautiful, we call it the Bayside backyard and yeah. just made it this really beautiful space outside. Um, and then what I did was all of our Zoom sessions, the coach would come to the gym and they'd run their Zoom session but we would choose two people, like two lucky members who would come in and do like a little two-on-one PT with them while the Zoom class was on. So, you know, we're adhering to all the rules, um, but it would allow people to just, to be able to come back. You know, it had been five or six months of being, you know, not seeing anyone, not training with anyone. Mm. And people were still scared to come to group Mm. fitness classes. So it was a really cool introduction. It also just made people be like, yes, I've I've missed this. Um, And it was just a, a really nice like mental escape mm. for people as well. So the feedback we got from that was pretty amazing. Just people saying it was, you know, the best part of their day or the best part of their week, or it was just something to look forward to when everything seemed like we just had no idea when life would get back to normal. So yeah, yeah that was one of the things that we did um, and then changed the front, uh, put like gazebos up and laid down matting. So then we, when we could have outdoor classes, uh, we jumped on that. Like every time that there was restrictions or something new, I'd say it was like a 12 hour turnaround. It would have a full plan just ready. So it was a, it's, it's been a really good thing because when we came back and, you know, there was talks of a third lockdown, the response that I had from members is that people just weren't scared because they could put their faith in, you know, in me and know that, well, whatever happens, we're going to be looked after. We don't need to stress. We don't need to, you know, put our memberships on hold or anything because we'll be looked after. So that was quite a nice, you know, good feedback to get. So would you say like you, you know, if we go to say a month, like let's say what a month ago, two months ago, like so towards the end of that longer lockdown, it sounds like you're still very active, like in terms mm. of you, the staff, the the work that you're doing, the different types of like um, still doing Zoom, but still doing like pretty much everything you can. Is that that's correct? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so generally, like from what I'm picking up, like a bit of the point of difference would be um, sort of what I'm sensing is that you're, you're there's a speed in, in terms of like coming up with um, solutions, but also just general energy and general like um, continuity and, and um, commitment to the business and the members and the culture. Whereas some businesses, maybe in that second one, some of the gyms may have, you know, sort of like really slowed things down. Would that sort of sound? So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely very active. Um, and I think that was the big point of difference is that all of the, you know, all of us were going through it together. I'm not going to lie. There was times where I was going through some, you know, personal stuff as well. Um, and there were times when New Zealand was very tempting to go home. Mm. You know, we were stuck in our house and we couldn't leave, you know, within five kilometers. And, um, you know, New Zealand just looked like this beautiful escape where everything was normal and I could go home and be with my family. But, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, how can I, how can I escape and leave all these people here who are supporting my business? So, very, you know, glad I didn't do that, and I don't think I ever would have. But mm-hmm. yeah, and all of our coaches, um, you know, everyone was working out at home. Everyone was just being really great role models. We we're all doing the Zoom classes. We we're all doing the programming. You know, I know that people, a lot of gym owners, trained in their gym, and I'm not, you know no judgment there people did what they had to do to get through um but personally you know 
I had a dumbbell, one dumbbell at home and training outside when mm. it was raining, it was raining and, you know, just going through what everybody else was going through mm. and same with all of our coaches. And I think that was, that just made the community a lot tighter, which has been a, you know, a very good thing. Yeah. I love that. A few things came up for me. The first one is, um, on like a, on like a bigger macro kind of level, and it might be a bit of a personal question, like, you know, whether you have, you, you competed in CrossFit, uh, went to the games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Started a software company, started the gym. This comes along and it sounds like, I don't know, the, the posture, the willingness to kind of like, to sort of, for lack of a better word, kind of fight and like keep going with the work that needed to be done and supporting the business and supporting the community almost seems like that was instilled already like that, that not mindset, but I'm not sure what to call it. That approach is that, does that resonate at all? And if so, like, where do you think that came from that sort of work ethic or that, you know, the speed and making decisions kind of that whole movement where does that sort of come from and how do you think you developed that yeah (laughs) yeah um I mean I think I've always been a pretty driven person or um I think growing up it was my mum's worst night worst nightmare but through business it's been great (laughs) um but yeah I definitely think that that's I don't know I, I don't really take no for an answer you know I'll I love problem solving I love doing things that people haven't done before I think that's why it always um I've always been that kind of person you know I brought my first house at 22 just because I was like I had to it just no one else was doing it so I couldn't do it and then you know do I start a business because it's just like it's different it's it's unique it's um I've never been one to kind of live my life normally um mm-hmm. what's the fun in that um and then I think with this like I kind of took it as a challenge I mean it's all very well to to you know paint it out to be a pretty picture right now because there was a lot of phone calls to my mum of me stressing and mm. you know a lot of stuff that I think people didn't see um you know you just try and hold a, a tough face to everybody else because essentially they're putting their faith in you and they're putting their trust in you and they're continuing continuing to fund your business that you don't know if you're going to come out you don't know if you know how long this is going to go on for um, but if you, the way I saw it, if you kind of, if I kind of showed weakness, then what does that say to other people? Mm. So I, I, I did take it as a bit of a challenge and, you know, I, I enjoy getting my hands dirty and, you know, the first lockdown, it was a chance to completely renovate the gym and it looks amazing now. And I would have never been able to have done that because so much of it was just time and, you know, really just making it out to be exactly what I wanted. And then mm. the second lockdown, it really made me focus on the processes that we had in place and how the gym ran from a business side. So I think I've, my mom has definitely instilled in me to always look on, you know, the positive side of things or to, to, to get the best out of any situation. And this was just another one of these things. Um, even though it was hard during it's, it's been the best thing that could have happened from a business point of view. Mm, I love that. And when you talk about the coaches and the staff jumping into doing all the Zoom workouts and kind of being there with you in the trenches and you doing the work with just the dumbbell, how did you, how have you, what do you think's allowed you or how have you managed to create the culture where that's the way that 
we do things like we do this together. We all show up for the Zoom. Like, was that something that you had that you made clear and that you sort of created as part of the culture, or are you think, or does it is it a case of you're attracting people who believe what you believe and it's sort of created itself? Yeah, well, I like I truly believe, especially in this kind of setting, is that you know it comes from the top down. If you if you if I wasn't following my own program and I had a full gym set up and I was doing you know mayhem programming, well, what does that show to people? You know, um, mm. and we've really my vision always from a gym's point of view was to have one program. You know, we we like Bayside is a very uh, powerful gym. You know, we've got. Three people have competed at the CrossFit Games, uh, myself and two of the coaches. We've got, you know, crazy athletes and all these different mm. levels, but nobody is too good for the class. Or nobody mm. is too good to 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 not do what everybody else is doing. And I have, yeah, I've always believed in that. And I think that the, the only way you can get that across is by the leaders, you know, by it coming from the top down. If I didn't do the classes, then what would people think? Um, you know, how can people trust that this is what, this is the best product that I'm putting out there. And I think that with Zoom, it was the same thing. And mm. we'd also be very real. You know, we did a lot of posts, a lot of stuff about mental health, about, you know, how we're feeling. Like the first the first week when we, we had the Bayside Backyards, we could start getting back into, you know, rig work or barbell work. I put up a post and I'm like, I have bruised collarbones. Like I haven't power cleaned or I haven't cleaned or used a barbell in seven months, or I've got, you know, ripped hands from doing just the smallest amount of work. Like we truly are in it together, like, but actually showing people or proving to people that we were. So I think that was a big thing. And, and all the coaches were the same. We had people who were, who were training in their carport and doing pull-ups on the side. And we had other people training on gravel and, you know, everyone was just pretty real about it and and um yeah it just shows it was a really good community yeah i love that just wanted to dive in quickly so yourself owner the coaches do you do all the programming no my head coach does the programming okay so yeah. uh head coach is doing the programming um your are you on the floor still are you coaching or teaching as well no so the way that i kind of view it is that i I want to have a CrossFit gym for a very long time. Yeah. That's, you know, I want this to be a, a long-term kind of thing. So I employ people who do what they do best. Yeah. And I see a lot of CrossFit gyms where, you know, gym owners are coaching 20 classes. They're, mm. they're working another full-time job. They're doing all of this stuff and that just equates to burnout. And I've just, I think that the way that I came when I was starting Bayside was I'm going to run it like a business. This is going to be a business. And just like in a business, you know, I've learned through all the mistakes I've made in Ulta, I can't do everything. And with Ulta, that's what I tried to do for too long, do everything, be social media, be, you know, a relationships manager, developer, like everything. Um, so for this business, you know, I run it. I'm the operations manager, essentially. And I employ people to, to coach and I employ people to clean and I employ people you know it doesn't mean I don't go out there and do it but that's that's the way that I view it and that's yeah. how I think I'm going to I'm not going to burn out and I'm going to love this place and I have the energy to talk to people and to um to have that yeah to build a community yeah yeah and so so you so that means you have space to literally jump in and train what would you do like a few times a week you're in the class alongside the members as the owner 
Oh, every day I'm in the class. It's every day. Yeah. yeah. I know it 100%. sounds like little detail, but like I've worked with a lot of gyms. <laughs> I owned a gym. Like that's a big thing, right? And that yeah. that people don't understand, I think, what that means to someone who's a month into their membership at Bayside and then they see you walk in and you say, hi, and you're training alongside them or it's a partner workout and you're actually with them and they see that you own the place as well. Like it's pretty huge. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's, um, it's, yeah, I, I train every day in the class. I mean, I, I could train whenever I want and I'm still there waiting for the 4.30 or 5.30 class because that's when, you know, most people come all this morning I did the 6am class. So I'm like, I haven't seen new members in the 6am class in a while. So I love it. And I think that that's what it should be. And it means that there's, like I said, that longevity of it. And, you know, when I have kids or, or all these different stages of your CrossFit journey, whether you're, you know, an athlete or whether you're uh, someone who works 60 hours a week or you're a new mum, all of these stages, I would be able to go through and be my own client and see what's working and what's not working and you know oh I'm feeling a bit burnt out maybe we need to change the programming or we've done too much of this stuff let's do this or we need a social event because there's you know there's all these new members who haven't um, met each other like for example uh, two weeks ago we had our Christmas party um, and in the morning we had an AM versus PM comp which was a great way for all the morning people you know versus the evening people a great in-house comp and then at that night we had a a big Christmas party and that that stuff is really important but if you're not involved in your community or you're not you know your own client then you'll you'll miss out on that stuff mm. one thing I'm picking up is it's like you're not your own not just being your own client but being basically your your best client like you're showing up five or six days a week or whatever it is across all of the classes so you're not just seeing like a, a little litmus test of here or there or cherry picking little bits, like you're getting to experience the whole thing throughout. And then that allows you to bring feedback through to the head coach or make any changes yeah. in a completely different way than if you're just popping in once in a while, right? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I don't even look at the program until I come into the class. So I have no option to. And it's, I think people... People, yeah, people like that. It's, um, you know, lead by like example and, and, you know, and be real. And if you're sore, you can say you're sore. You can complain. I'm probably actually my worst client because I'm the one complaining about running or or talking during the warm up. But yeah. And then um, how's this, like, since you've opened the gym and you've got Ulta still running, What's that look for you in terms of um, competing and sort of your own journey down that road? Is that something that's still going or what's that, what's happening for you there? Yeah. So with Ulta, um, you know, it's taken, it's taken a big hit this year with COVID. Uh, The majority of my clients is from the U S and sadly they, it's not very good over there for gyms. Um, And it's pretty, pretty hard breaking to see how many gyms have closed have been forced Mm. um to close and you know it's it's yeah it's been a pretty heartbreaking year in terms of seeing these gyms who have been around for so long and it's yeah that's been pretty hard but you know you can always take the positive out of things um personally competing uh i think pre-covid i was pretty burnt out you know it had been uh a long four years of competitions after competitions and working and and all these highs and 
COVID was a great reset to just kind of be like, why am I doing this? You know, and, and just going back to really minimal volume has been mm-hmm. the best thing. And now I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, I could, I could compete again. So um, as I said, we've got such a powerhouse of a gym here. So I think there'll be a lot of teams, a lot of Bayside teams next year with the new format. And yeah, I'll definitely be putting my hand up and doing that as well because competing is just it's awesome. Um, so yeah, so there was a lot of competitions that we were meant to go to. We qualified for the Asia Championships and um, the previous year we'd missed out on the games by a spot. So we were pretty pumped for that and Egypt and but obviously all of those mm. were cancelled. So, so maybe another year of competing, who knows? It's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Like, I, I think, um, you know, seeing you mentioned the rebuild, the building of the backyard area, and I did see that clip. I think you put it on Instagram or something, and I checked it out. And I think one of the biggest things I wanted to sort of ask you about and get out of the podcast and sort of discuss was just this the speed and um, I guess bias for action, taking action. And that's come through, it seems like over and over again and, and how powerful that is, um, you know, and after having talked to you and, and heard a little bit more about it, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge you, acknowledge that and, and that energy that you've been able to keep generating for the work, um, because I know firsthand it's not easy and um, I have, haven't been in Melbourne this year, but, you know, having a lot of friends down there and gym owners and stuff like um, yeah, huge acknowledgement for what you've done and, and how you're going because it's really cool and a great example, I think, not just for gym owners and coaches and trainers, but, um, you know, cafes, everyone, really, any business. So very cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about or share or anything else that's coming up? No, I think we've covered it. It's, cool. Um, yeah. No, it's good. Covered yeah. everything. <laughs> okay. Um, is there anything coming up that's happening across the Bayside Project or Alter that people can check out or find you on social platforms or anything like that? Uh, yeah, so we're going to do our uh, our Bayside Brawl, which we had in our first year. So it's a cool partners comp. Got a bit motivated a couple of weeks ago when we were competing at a local comp. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the next big thing. Um, it's a great event, food trucks and coffee carts. and. Nice. <laughs> it's um we've got a huge gym so it's basically the perfect perfect place for a competition so that's going to be coming up um in terms of alter i'm still on the hunt for a good billing platform that's my next move um to integrate with that that's where i think it needs to go mm-hmm. but you know sadly like i said with covid the majority of the companies that i want to integrate with are from based out of the us mm-hmm. and people are just doing damage control right now mm-hmm. so that's kind of my next step with there um but otherwise yeah everything's great in melbourne it's a place yeah. to be now <laughs> yeah that's true mm-hmm. yeah um okay well thanks so much amy really appreciate your time and love what you're doing keep it all keep it going and um i'll put your uh, the handles and the rest of that stuff in the notes for the podcast And I think that's it. Amazing. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the podcast. You can check out Amy's work, the Alter Project and CrossFit Project Bayside via the links that are down in the show notes or find her on Instagram, follow her journey a little bit. And also don't forget to head over to my website, jauntymarsh.com. 
You can sign up for the daily blog, drop your email in there for more regular little note, piece of content around small business. Or you can download Resonance, which is now up on the site, Humanize Your Marketing in Small Business. Thanks again. If you have any questions on this episode, send them along, John, T, John at johntmarsh.com, and I'll get to them on a future episode. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. See you next time.